0: listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love
1: to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Abby. Today, we're going to give a minimalism update. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What is new with you, Sarah? We just electrified our cargo bike, and it is amazing.
0: Ah. <laughs> this past September was our 10-year anniversary of not
1: owning a car. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. And things have shifted now that our kids are much bigger and heavier. And I felt like last winter was really a turning point for me where it started to feel less fun and more like a slog. Getting everyone ready in the winter, dealing with a frozen derailleur, going up hills with my heavy cargo, because in the winter, I don't ask my six or seven-year-old to bike everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just felt like if we wanted to continue not owning a car, we really needed to change some things, Mm -hmm. made an investment in this electric assist system, and I'm loving it. It has brought so much joy to my rides and my life. In some ways, I wish I would have done it sooner, and in other ways, I feel like I enjoy it even more after (laughs) having had the hard last year. That's awesome. (laughs) Cannot recommend enough for families that are cycling. What is new with you?
1: I am trying a new... Way of styling my hair called the curly girl method. Mm -hmm. Somehow I just stumbled upon it, but when I talked to my mom about it, she was like, Oh, yeah, I've tried that at different times in the past. And I was like, Huh, not quite sure how I missed the boat on this, but basically I decided I don't ever want to straighten my hair again. Mm -hmm. And so I got a curly haircut, not like a fancy one, but I got a haircut in Nashville trying to maximize the natural curl in my hair. And I was actually really happy with that. But I didn't feel like I quite had it together product-wise. So the Curly Girl Method basically offers a guide of how to take care of your wavy or curly or kinky hair. Mm-hmm. At its most basic, it's just not using sulfates and not using silicones on your hair and trying to maximize moisture as much as possible. But aside from that, there's a whole list of products that are approved and not approved. And what I found to be the most helpful is the Curly Hair Reddit, which we'll link to in the show notes mm. for learning how to get started At first, it felt really overwhelming, but now I have a really simple routine that I'm loving. It's working really well. I think my hair looks better than it ever has. I've also had
0: friends who have tried this in the past and were very passionate advocates
1: for the curly girl method. I think (laughs) when you do it, you tend to go all in or don't do it at all. We'll move on now to talk about what we've been reading. I just read A Ladder
0: to the Sky by John Boyne for my book club. Mm. John Boyne is also the author of The Heart's Invisible Furies, which I know we've talked about on the pod before. Mm -hmm. And I loved that book. I wasn't sure what to expect going into this one, but it was completely different from The Heart's Invisible Furies. Mm. It is a novel that follows the life of writer Maurice Swift, and it's divided into five parts, three main parts with two interludes, and it almost felt like three novellas with short stories in between. Hmm. But each one could almost stand alone, but then together they painted this bigger picture of the story. Each one was written in a really different style and from a different perspective. And something about that just really worked. It kept me very engaged and it felt like it highlighted aspects of Marisa's life in this very unique way. I loved the themes of the book, I found them fascinating. It touched on things like who owns an idea and where do writers get their ideas for their work and what is and isn't plagiarism. Mm. I wouldn't necessarily classify this as a dislike because I really love books that make me feel strong emotions, but reading about Maurice's choices made me profoundly uncomfortable. Like, pit in the stomach, my mind is racing, physical discomfort.
1: Mm. But I think that was a sign of an excellent book that made me feel so much. I was going to say something that takes you into the story so much that you're having a physical reaction to it can only be well-written, if not an amazing book. Mm -hmm.
0: And everyone in my book club loved it. And that rarely happens. But every single person that was there absolutely loved the writing, loved the story. We were all about it. I would obviously recommend it. It was a fast read, incredibly compelling characters, interesting ideas. I could not put it down. Nice. What have you been reading?
1: I just finished Wayward Son by Rainbow Rowell. Mm, I'm on the list. This is a sequel to Carry On, which is a novel, but also kind of like Harry Potter fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give too much more away because A lot of the magic of that first book is her creating the world. Mm -hmm. And I liked the sequel. It was nice to be back with those familiar characters. It was interesting to see how they were treating their growing up because they've left school in this book and they're actually Mm. in the US having a road trip, which feels like a very typical young adult experience. Interesting. But I will say that a lot of the magic of that first book was lacking in this book because it wasn't new, Hmm. and maybe because the setting was changed. I definitely still enjoyed it, but it felt more to me like a Rainbow Rowell young adult novel with some fantasy thrown in, Mm -hmm. rather than sort of this reinvented world-building Harry Potter-esque kind of thing. I think people who loved Carry On will also really like this book, and in that sense I would recommend it, but I was a little bit disappointed that it didn't have quite the same magic as the first one.
0: Noted. I will temper my expectations, but I'm still looking forward to it.
1: Definitely still an enjoyable read. Now we're going to give an update on minimalism. We first talked about this almost three years ago in our sixth episode, so that is a lot of time for things to have shifted. Plus, this topic is particularly relevant for me because we are preparing for a move any day now and therefore staring down giant mountains of our stuff. (laughs) We'll start today with an update of how minimalism looks in our lives these days. I
0: don't think it looks terribly different than it did when we last recorded. I would still consider myself a minimalist, though I don't think that would be the first thought people would have upon entering our home. It's definitely still a goal of mine to have the least amount of stuff that we need to be comfortable, and that's something I'm constantly striving for. I feel like it comes in waves of really wanting to tackle it and being more intentional about it and then just living our lives and letting it be what it is. Hmm.
1: In that original episode, I pushed back a little bit about the label of minimalist and taking it on. Mm -hmm. And I still definitely feel iffy Mm
0: -hmm.
1: about the label. But I think how we defined it then was someone who likes to avoid extraneous stuff Mm -hmm. and likes to have the things that serve us and that bring us joy and not anything else. And I still see that as a goal in my life, especially as we approach a move. So speaking of goals, what aspirations do you have in minimizing these days, Sarah? I
0: had one of those light bulb moments in preparing for this episode where I realized the problem is not our stuff. The problem is me. Love it. Say more. When you read a lot of Middle Muslim books or listen to a lot of podcasts, as I have, one thing that they always emphasize is that you don't want to just organize your stuff. You want to get rid of it. Mm. And that too often people just focus on organizing and not of actually removing possessions, which then makes it easier to organize. Right. I was completely sold, on board, let's get rid of it all. But I think maybe I could use a little more organizing in my life. (laughs) Because I actually think we're fine with the level of stuff that we have. Mm. And when I think about what makes me feel like we have too much stuff, how is this even possible? It's not that there's too much stuff, because when I look around, I don't see a lot of stuff that we can just get rid of other than the children, artwork, general flotsam of cheap toys that somehow make their way into our home. (laughs) That's like the surface level that we could get rid of. But once we get below that, it's like, no, we own what we want and what we need. Mm. I and... We as a family have a hard time putting things back where they go. And so then the stuff feels overwhelming. But I don't think that's the stuff's fault. I think that is a lack of great systems to keep it where it belongs, Hmm. if that makes sense. Yes, that's so
1: interesting. I wonder what the minimalism blogs would say about this. What do they say about systems? Are they just mostly talking about getting rid of stuff or are they also talking about systems? Have you found anything that serves this? need that it seems like you're missing?
0: Maybe I need to be seeking out resources that are not minimalism focused, but that Mm. are more organizational focused and home management focused. There are certain areas, for example, our coat entryway area. Mm -hmm. We need all the stuff that we have, all the hats and mittens and scarves and coats. We're using all of that stuff. Yeah. But- We don't have a great way of keeping it organized, so there's just a massive pile of shoes in the closet that spills out into our tiny (laughs) entryway area and coats that are falling off everywhere and you can't find the mittens. And I think there'd be a better way to structure that area that would be easier for us to all keep it organized and for us to be able to access things and just feel better. But I don't think
1: that's about minimizing. Listeners weigh in. Is this a minimalism question Mm -hmm. or is it something else? And what are we missing to try and solve this problem in our lives?
0: Yes. So my broad goal is just better organization of our stuff. Mm. But then specifically re-minimalism, I think my digital minimalism in terms of photos and documents could use a lot of help. Mm. I wish I were on top of that. I wish I could tell you that I'm going to get motivated and tackle that and have it done by the new year. That's false. I'm not that motivated. But it is an
1: aspiration of mine. So interesting. I don't even aspire to organize our digital life. feels like mm. it's good as it's going to get. <laughs> and I'll just have a lot of extra files and it's fine. Something about it not being quite so physically there, it doesn't feel so pressing. The aspirations that I'm staring down are baby stuff, mm-hmm. clothes and gear, As it's outgrown, I am sending it on its merry way as fast as possible. In some sense, I'm like hurrying my children past stages so that we can say goodbye to things. It's really satisfying. I've also loved lately getting rid of tons of my clothes. I feel like Mm. I have so little that fits my current body. But instead of hanging on to things to see if it all fits eventually, I'm just sending it on its way. There's nothing there that I love well enough that it's worth hanging on to through a move. Mm -hmm. I still have way more than a capsule wardrobe, which is my eventual goal, but it feels like today's minimalism in terms of my clothes. It feels like I can claim that in terms of where I am right now. Yeah, sounds great. And I'd love to get to a place like that with kids' clothes and toys also. Hasn't happened yet. So we'll talk a little about that now, the challenges that we're facing in terms of our minimalism, dreams, and goals.
0: I think the challenge to achieving better organization is that we need some big structural changes to our Mm. house. Like thinking Mm -hmm. about the entryway, I really think we need to put in built-ins or just have a different structure there because what's there currently is just not working. And same with the kids' art stuff. I recently went through it this weekend, sort of in preparation for this episode, (laughs) being inspired by our coming topic. Thanks, podcast. (laughs) I went through all of the art stuff and moved the shelf out into a different area to see if that's going to work better for us being on top of it because before it was kind of hidden away and things fell out. But I think the challenge is that it's not these little, oh, let me just throw a few things in a donate box and then the problem will be solved, Mm. that it takes a lot more activation energy and money and time at this point. And that feels harder to come by. What are the biggest challenges for you right now?
1: Well, I'm having a lot of sadness about moving, Mm -hmm. which is making me put things off and ignore what I need to be doing. Fair. And also, pepper crawls now.
0: Mm Mm-hmm
1: a lot more supervision is necessary. Probably minimalism would help me with that, Mm -hmm. to be honest, because then there would be fewer things for him to get into. But right now, it just all feels like a lot. (laughs) How about family values and minimalism? Do you think that minimalism is a value in your family? And how do your approach and your partner's approaches to this differ? I
0: think in general, Neil has been on board. I think I've been the main driver of it, but he is happy for us to pass things along. I think where he really takes the lead is in not wanting to bring in new stuff. Mm. And that in some ways I can be entranced by the idea of whatever it will offer to me (laughs) and be moved by the shiny object where he really thinks about, is that something we're going to want to donate in a year? Is Mm. that really going to add value to our lives? How often are we going to use this? Is there another way we can accomplish the same goal? So I think he does better on that front end aspect of it. And then I, in the past, have been much better about getting the stuff actually out of the house and that he's felt more like once it's here, if he finds value in it, he really doesn't want to move it along. And I do better on the getting stuff from the house back out Mm. into the world if it's not serving us. Hmm. Though I will say, since I've started working part-time, it has been even harder as a family unit to maintain order around our house. And that whole idea of like outer order, inner calm is very appealing to me and Mm -hmm. something that I feel. Yes. But then I have felt like I have less time to make that a reality. We've all just felt stretched a little thin the last few months. So the house is not inspiring any inner calm <laughs> one weekend neil said i think we need to get rid of half of our stuff and i was like yeah let's do it <laughs> and he said do you want me to consult you on everything or do you want me to just start donating stuff and i said just start donating you don't need to tell me then i did see some of the stuff and i was like oh really you're getting rid of this he said you said you didn't want to know And i was like you're right i did say that that is correct i don't need to know about this
1: ruthless <laughs>
0: And now I think we are at that point of needing to figure out systems to maintain the level of stuff that we currently have.
1: That idea of structurally and systematically supporting your aspirations to minimalism is really interesting to me because where I have seen minimalism as a family value for us is as we look for housing in Birmingham. Mm -hmm. Andrew and I really do agree on what we need in terms of space and have a lot of the same values, which is so nice. Like what a gift to not be butting heads over that when there is a lot that we are in conflict about as we face this really big change. On the flip side of that, I do think that Andrew would prefer less clutter in terms of kids, stuff, and toys. One example is that we recently inherited a giant box of Duplos from a friend, and I really didn't mind having it around because Plum played so well independently. Mm, Yes. But then they were everywhere, and Andrew got so frustrated by that. So we are still working through how our mutual approach to minimalism looks in our partnership Mm -hmm. and then extends to our family.
0: I really relate to what you're saying about having something that keeps the kids happily playing independently and it's fine. And I feel like I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then all of a sudden... I'm not fine with the mess (laughs) and that I just reach a breaking point. And that doesn't seem great for the family system as a whole either. Mm. And I feel that as a whole about order in our house. It's like the chaos doesn't bother me until suddenly it does. And then it feels like the world is ending. Mm. And then we spend half an hour cleaning up and it's fine again. But it seems nice maybe if there weren't those big spikes and dips, if there was a way to smooth that out. Though I wonder if part of that is just... Having a family and having multiple people with different needs and different interests, and that that may be an elusive goal to be reaching for.
1: I think that in families, like you said, that there's just going to be stuff that you have to deal with, Mm -hmm. like physical stuff, but also conflict stuff. But that there is this really lovely opportunity then to compromise and to invite your kids Mm -hmm. to compromise and to invite your spouse to compromise.
0: I love that way of looking at it, and I think I can see that when I take a step back and see the bigger picture, but I think it feels really hard in the moments where things feel really chaotic to see that as an opportunity and not just as a stressor. Yes. Another growth opportunity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And this is really related to handling the gear and stuff that comes with kids. So how does that look in your life, Sarah? It's been hard now that the kids are older
0: and just acquiring more of that stuff that I mentioned earlier, random prizes from the school carnival, things that they get at birthday parties that we didn't choose, but my kids feel very strongly about keeping We have in their room a box where they can keep all the stuff that's really special to them and a folder for papers that are really special to them. So these are things that I would have tossed if it were up to me, but letting them choose, but then having a place to keep it. Because what stresses me out isn't my kids having stuff that they want to keep. It's that stuff being spread throughout the house. Right on every surface and on the floor, and it's usually tiny pieces of things. (laughs) But if they keep it corralled in their own space, that feels like a win for both parties. Mm -hmm. I think this works really well in theory, and in reality, that stuff gets spread out because they want to use it and play with it and are not always great about putting things back and... I think that's definitely an area for growth for our family is all of us being more responsible about putting things away when we get them out so that it doesn't build up to that point of feeling overwhelming. With a lot of stuff, I don't ask their permission still. Lots of kids' artwork just goes in the recycle bin. Mm -hmm. Thanks for showing me. This is lovely let's move it along. But I have been finding this much harder to navigate as they get older and have stronger opinions and have things that they've specifically brought in that I don't have as much control as I used to. And figuring out a way to navigate that that works for all of us is definitely still a learning process.
1: And I'm trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. What is working for us right now in terms of kids stuff, which right now is plum because Pepper has no opinions, or at least isn't expressing them in a way that I can understand about the stuff that he'd like to remain in the house, <laughs> is that I both involve Plum and I don't involve her. Mm-hmm. Like you said, lots of art goes straight in the recycle bin. I definitely ditch things that I know she won't miss while she's at school. So
0: mm-hmm. at
1: some point we had like eight baby dolls and I looked at those and I was like, she really is not playing with any of these. Mm-hmm. And so the one that she has played with the most in the past, I took and put in my closet. And then the other seven went to the buy nothing group. buy And the only one she asked for was baby June, who's the one who was in my closet. And so then I said, oh, baby June's taking a break in my closet. I'm happy to bring her back out. And then baby June was new again and got played with more. So that felt like a really good solution. Mm -hmm. And then I do involve her and she's been really amenable to that. And when we talk about where they're going and who is potentially going to play with them, that really works for her, I think. She also gets fed up with having to clean up because Mm. you know we do pick up at the end of the day and it can be drama and often I am taking her by the hand and saying here I'll pick up this Duplo here's a Duplo for you to put in the box (laughs) physically handing it to her and involving her and she gets fed up with that and so sometimes she says take this and give it to live at someone else's house or something like that (laughs) so she's into the clutter clearing as well
0: I love that
1: I'm sure that will change as we move (laughs) forward but right now that's what's working
0: I also think kids have different personalities regarding stuff. Yes. One of my children notices much more when things are missing and has Mm. a much better catalog of those things and will ask about things that have moved on to other homes that (laughs) I did not think said child would notice and I was incorrect. (laughs) So that's also been a learning process to realize it's fine to do that when they really aren't going to notice. But when they are, I think it is oftentimes better to have that conversation with them so that they feel invested in the outcome. It's been interesting noting those differences and how that plays out as they get older.
1: I'm sure it will be in my family, too.
0: Or maybe you'll have two little minimalists. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I should be so lucky. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about minimalism in housing. We've touched on this some, but how do you think being a minimalist influences the kind of space you have?
0: It made it so we were more willing to have a smaller space than I think a lot of families in our community have. It still feels like more than enough. Mm-hmm. And it's made me feel even more committed to staying in the space that we have now. Mm. We recently had some neighbors who moved because they were starting to feel a little cramped. They still stayed in the neighborhood, but just moved to a larger house. And hearing you going through the process of moving and thinking back on all my previous moves and knowing how much the housing prices and interest rates have gone up since we bought It's made me want to make this space work for us for as long as possible. Mm. And thinking through some of those pinch points and how could we solve that problem here? Because our whole family would still move to a larger space and have all the same organizational issues that we have here. It's not that I think your space doesn't matter because obviously there's things I think we can do here to fix that. And so in some ways, having a larger space does make keeping a tidy home easier. But knowing all of our values around minimalism has just made me want to look at this house in the best light possible instead of Hmm. thinking about how things could be better in a different space,
1: if that makes sense. It does. And I think even in bigger spaces, you end up needing those sort of underlying structural and system type things. To help your version of minimalism or maximalism or whatever you have work. Mm -hmm. When we were house hunting in Birmingham just this weekend, we looked at sort of a wide range of stuff and were validated in thinking that we seem to want less space than a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I think it's still tons like In the world. Right. Small in quotation marks. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But our preference is something that is much smaller than what's available. So we went in this giant, really beautifully done new house. And I was like, but what would we do with the dining room? It just felt like this huge Mm -hmm. extra room that is going to get filled up with stuff. (laughs) And then someone's going to have to clean it. And as you may know, listeners from our housekeeping episode, it's not going to be me. Like, (laughs) it's nice to have my values reconfirmed by doing a process like a house hunt, mm-hmm. and also get the option and have the privilege to be intentional mm-hmm. about what we choose for the space that we move into. Yeah. What are your favorite parts of your minimalist lifestyle or decluttering? I love the immediate
0: satisfaction that I get from clearing off surfaces. Ooh, yes. That was something that I've heard from some minimalist resource. I think maybe Gretchen Rubin, but... Or Small Notebook. Maybe so. She talks about that. About how good it is to keep all the horizontal surfaces clear yes and when that is true in my house it does just feel so open and spacious and light Mm -hmm. when things are feeling overwhelming that's what i want to tackle because you get that immediate feedback that is so positive nice and i think that is part of why digital clutter is so hard for me Mm. because i think it would be great if it was more organized and would help at certain times when I'm searching for something, but it doesn't change how I feel in my physical space Right
1: to know that things are a mess on my desktop computer. That's exactly my viewpoint on digital clutter. Mm-hmm. It's not a present enough problem for me to want to tackle it in any way. Agree. How about for you? Like I said earlier, it's felt great to tackle my clothes lately, I think because then I have the immediate satisfaction of having a closet and dresser full of things that I am very happy to wear and feel good wearing, mm-hmm. that that's a minimalism gift that gives back every day. <laughs> Coming up on the move, I've been feeling excited too about minimizing the kitchen gear so that we start in our new kitchen fresh hmm. with everything we need in a good spot and no more than that. Mm-hmm. Also, bathroom stuff with the switch to the curly girl method, that involved bringing some new things in, but then it was also like, let me release the things that do not fit within this system. And so it's another place where it's really nice to have a system and a structure that you can fit your things within and then feel Mm -hmm. really good that you have everything you need but no more. Yep. What has inspired you minimalism-wise lately? Honestly,
0: hearing about your move has. It's made me think about how we used to go through our stuff on this regular cycle of moving every single year and yeah. we don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's made me want to go through all our stuff. I think for me that's also tied with the seasons that every year around this time I get on a minimalism kick heading into winter because mm-hmm. we spend so much more time in our house. We close off the back part of our house cuz it's hard to heat so our space gets smaller and All of the winter gear comes out, so we have more things to deal with, Mm -hmm. and it just makes me want to get rid of anything else that is extraneous so that everything that comes with the colder weather doesn't feel as overwhelming. I'll also say that in general, my kids are entering a new phase with E having just turned five and that Mm. a lot of that preschooler stuff we're able to release now or that's at least on the horizon and feels like a good time to just really evaluate what are my kids playing with? What are they doing with their free time? And does the stuff that we have support that or is it supporting what they had done in the past? Mm. Mm -hmm. Another inspiration for me is listening to minimalist podcasts. not sure that I get anything new out of them because a lot of them are saying very similar things. But there is just something about decluttering while hearing people talk about decluttering that really does it for me. And I did that recently when I was alone at the house organizing the art stuff. Just feels like got a friend there with me. Love it. Encouraging me to make the hard choices and make our home more beautiful.
1: You should share those both with me and in the show notes. I feel like that might be the kick in the pants I need to get over this activation energy of the move. Mm-hmm. So, I would love to hear some of that. As discussed, the move is a huge inspiration, maybe not the right word, but driving force behind the minimalism currently. Yes. <laughs> but really, the other thing that I want to talk about is the Recondo show. Yes. We have actually only watched one episode because usually when we're in the mood for TV, Andrew and I are not really feeling the reading subtitles situation. Mm -hmm. But the one episode we watched was just so lovely Mm -hmm. and inspiring to see how different the energy in the family felt Mm -hmm. after doing the whole process on their house. And so I don't think that I'm quite geared up for the whole thing right now. I don't think I have the time really right before we move, given that it's happening any day. But it is something that I'm looking to in maybe a quieter time in our life with fewer big changes, maybe less dramatic developmental stuff happening for my kids and less big life stuff happening for us that we could do that and that it would feel really amazing. I also love the
0: Marie Kondo show. I've only seen four or five episodes, but I turned to it after I had been watching several home improvement shows, Mm. and they left me feeling like my home wasn't nice enough, and we should have quartz counters, and why don't we have hardwood floors throughout, and this, that, and the other thing. And I thought, this doesn't seem good for my mental well-being. Maybe I should stop. And turning to Marie Kondo's show, it's people living in real houses with real-life challenges, and... Mm -hmm. The after picture isn't some overly staged situation. It's like, oh, that's a real person's closet now. It still has their real stuff in it. And it doesn't look perfect, but it's this huge improvement that works in their life and is functional. Mm -hmm. It feels so encouraging rather than discouraging is how I feel after watching The Home Improvement.
1: And it feels much more holistic than just your house. It Mm -hmm. felt like the one episode we watched, it made changes in terms of how they parented their kids. It made changes in terms of how they were in their partnership. Mm -hmm. It made changes in terms of how they felt welcoming people into their home. Yeah. And that's the part that feels inspiration worthy, that feels like a goal to work toward. Agree. That's the end of our minimalism talk for today. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you where you are in your journey toward minimalism or not, Mm -hmm. what you are feeling inspired about in your life, and if you have any resources that you would like to share. And send your well wishes to Abby and
0: her family who, when this episode releases, will be moving to Birmingham.
1: That's right. We need (laughs) all of that from you. Let's wrap up by talking about what we've been eating. I want to share about egg roll in a bowl. This is something that has been floating around the internet for a while. And I feel like I mostly see it when people are talking about keto or paleo because Hmm. it doesn't have many carbs. Okay. And so you can just Google egg roll in a bowl and find any kind of recipe and it's super forgiving. It's basically like stir fry. But what I used was ground pork, bok choy, cabbage, shredded carrots, onions, maybe snow peas also. And then just did some sauces with rice vinegar and soy sauce and then cooked some rice to go with it. I don't know if it was the pork that made it so yummy or what, but it just felt so satisfying. It felt perfect for cooler weather and it was the right amount of like savory and fatty, but still had a lot of vegetables and fiber. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just the perfect dinner and pretty quick too.
0: I love that kind of one pot situation. Yes. Where you're getting everything you need in one bowl.
1: Absolutely. What have you been eating, Sarah?
0: I tried a recipe that Kelsey Wharton sent to us from the Girl Next Door podcast. I think she's talked about it on that show as well, but it's called Lentil Taco Soup. And it is so good. When I first heard about it, I assumed it was with brown lentils, which sounds good, but I can be hit or miss on how I'm feeling about the lentils on any given day. Although Neil's all lentils all the time. (laughs) I didn't know that about him. I love that. Oh, he loves lentils. But these are actually with dried red lentils and then with pinto beans and black beans. And Mm. so the red lentils turn to mush and make it really creamy. Interesting. And then you still have the structure of the other beans in there. Mm. It's just really delicious. And then you can put all kinds of toppings that you want on it.
1: Mm. I had
0: mine with uh, chopped red onions and avocado and sour cream and cheese and just felt really hearty and satisfying, full of fiber and protein. Delicious.
1: Yeah, I really should try this. I didn't realize that it was the red lentils Mm -hmm. and turning to mush situation. I think that would be better received in my family because I feel like I am the most pro-lentil individual Mm. in our home, but the other two really go for beans. So this could be good. And it feels perfect for this time of year too. Very cozy. Nice. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can do so on our website, friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or you can email us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Let me take a pause the leaf blowers here.
0: I feel like that is one of the biggest benefits of having more than one kid is like the <laughs> humbling like, aspect of how little control you actually have over it things. It knocks you right down. Yeah, in a good way. Like, let me see my kids for who they are more instead of taking even like this like subtle investment. Am I doing the thing again where I don't talk about the topic? Yeah. No, I think... <laughs>
1: Why is that telling me to change that to delicious food?
0: Maybe they'll have two two great clutter clear- clearers. Two great clutter clearers. I, that's very hard to say.